Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business, to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real life stories of how other photographers run their business and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here and let's get started. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Taylor and I'm excited to introduce you to this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast. This week, Kevin and I spoke with Shannon Doherty And in this fun conversation, we explored how she creates beautiful sets and artistic imagery in her tiny home studio, the flow of her boudoir sessions, and her best tips for giving clients a fabulous photo shoot experience. Shannon gave some really great advice, and I was so inspired by how much magic she creates in her small space. I know you will be inspired too. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast, Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I am here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Kloster hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm good, Kevin. I'm still recovering from that uh, scratchy voice. So if at any point it sounds like I'm getting choked up, guys, it's just my voice is scratchy. You're not crying, <laughs> folks. I'm not crying, I promise. But I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Shorty, today. So welcome, Shannon. Hello. I was about to say the same thing. I might end up having a scratchy voice. I'm not sick. I might lose my voice just a little bit during our time. <laughs> It's okay. We'll all sound like we're just having the most emotional experience ever. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're going to talk about emotions. We're going to cry about it. No. <laughs> I mean, I can drop the octaves a little bit. <laughs> we're all just going to have a cry for like an hour. <laughs> and welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, honestly. Like, I was uh, almost nervous. Um, I, I mean, I love talking about photography and like all the things, but I always just get so excited beforehand. So I think that's a little bit of my introvertedness coming out to be extroverted. <laughs> I do not worry. We do not bite. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to say you have a lot of fans out there. <laughs> uh, I have talked to other photographers and I ask, I end up asking, who would you guys want to see or hear on the podcast? And you have been one of the names that has been brought up a few times. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Having followed you on Instagram, I'm always seeing your stunning work, your self-portraits, and, and I'm left wild. Um, so we did want to have you so we can go ahead and talk about your style, how you create your beautiful work, and how you interact and find your clients. Um, but before we get into that, can you tell us how long did it take you to love your portfolio and your style of shooting? So it's kind of funny. There's definitely still times that I have. And I mean, if I really, really think about it, because like the common question is like, how long have you been doing it? And it's definitely been over a decade professionally, like with my business, it's been a little closer to five, six years. Um, I still have moments where I don't love what I'm doing. And I think that that goes back to if I backtrack even more. um, I have an art degree. I was an artist my whole life, like painting, drawing, all of that stuff. And I think there's this kind of like ingrained thing where it's like, if you see something you don't like older in your portfolio, then you have growth. 
And that's not saying I don't like things that I do sometimes, but I'll look back from even a couple of years ago and I'm like, wow, not that I hate this image, but I see so much more growth in that. And I think a lot of my style comes from my art background. Um, a lot of my influence comes from painters. Um, like Caravaggio is my favorite. Um, I love all, like, I mean, he actually painted self portraits, ironically, so that ended up kind of working out for me <laughs> um, to kind of study his work and be like, oh, wait, I'm, I mean, his life was complicated, so I don't have to get into that, but, um, so definitely not like that. But uh, looking at his work and looking at kind of the Renaissance painters have always been my favorite and kind of giving that to my work and giving that to my clients where it's something just a little bit different as far as like styling, lighting, and all of that goes. And I'm also pretty influenced by music. Um, I play music all the time. I obviously don't have it now because, you know, how all that copyright stuff goes. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the second I'm off here, I have some kind of music in my ears. And sometimes it just kind of adds to, so like visually it's painting. And then as far as like movement and posing, a lot of it comes from music. Like, how does it make me feel? How does it make me want to move my body? Actually, I think that's so interesting because one thing I was going to ask is, like, do you then play music during a client shoot? And are you choosing the music or are they choosing the music? Or, like, how is that going down? I kind of keep it a little bit more light, poppy, probably more top 40 during, like, hair and makeup. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, somebody walks in. You know, nine times out of ten, somebody's nervous. I, I mean, I don't think I've ever met a client that didn't have some form of nerves. You know, normally they're yeah. good ones, but, they're, you know, there's, you know, you're walking into a new thing. So I try to play something that's a little bit more familiar. And then once we start, I kind of change the vibe a little bit and put on things that are a little bit more dreamy, a little bit more relaxing. So unless we're doing a certain set, like maybe somebody wants to dance and I'm like, let's put on a song you love so that way you feel comfortable with the movement. But for the most part, I try to keep it kind of chill so it's not distracting to somebody to, like, hear, like, you know, a crazy song all of a sudden. <laughs> so oh, Yeah. You have to get all into it and take them out of the, the situation. Yeah. I try to keep people in the zone as much as possible. Obviously, we talk, we laugh, we have fun and things like that, which I promise we have fun in photo shoots and all my stuff is so serious. But behind <laughs> 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 the scenes, we're having fun. But, yeah, I try to keep it as comfortable and inviting as a vibe as possible. And just for me personally, I've noticed throughout the years, having anything that is too loud just kind of kind of takes people out of the their whole photo shoot vibe. Yeah, totally. I mean, part of the reason I asked that question is because um, many years ago now, maybe like five or six years ago, I was playing music and like, I guess the client didn't like the music, but didn't say anything. I'm sure I asked her multiple times because that's, just what I always do, like, oh, what do you want to hear? And she was kind of like, whatever you, you know, like, whatever you like. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I like. Um, and then, like, later afterwards, she was like, I hated the music. Oh, no. And, yeah, it, like, it was really distracting and all this stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, so, like, ever since then, I never put on my music. I, like, demand that they tell me what they like or we're not listening <laughs> basically we're not listening to music or like at least give me an artist so I can come up with that like artists yeah. you know Spotify and then I've found that like clients like I've had clients choose classical music which for me I would never choose for a photo shoot <laughs> like like Mozart you know and I've had clients choose country music which also for me is like a hard pass um, <laughs> I, I had a client choose heavy metal once Perfect. so it's been like yeah it's been really interesting then when you do give them the full reign like what people you know choose yeah mm. especially for a boudoir shoot because for me I only would want like set you know, sexy music, I guess. Right. But yeah. But then I'm yeah. like, oh, country music. I don't think that's sexy, but I guess you do. Or like, I don't think most are <laughs> sexy, but I guess you do. All of a sudden you have death metal coming on. Well. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just found it, I find it interesting whenever photographers take the reins. Cause I'm like, how do you do that without them getting mad? Yeah. I've never had anybody complain about, again, I try to keep it just like kind of a, 
mellow, kind of mellow vibe, but not so mellow that you want to go to sleep. Are we talking yeah. Enya here? <laughs> I'm sorry. Totally. I said, yeah. are we talking Enya here? No, not like that. <laughs> I have like definitely my favorite artists and kind of have like my own playlist. And a lot of other boudoir photographers I know, um, we've kind of shared our playlists with each other. Like, what do you play? Like some people play like, uh, you know, like Lana Del Rey and stuff like that. But then mm. I try to go a little bit more indie than that, if possible, and like kind of play stuff that somebody doesn't really necessarily know, but maybe they're feeling the vibe of it. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. <laughs> but that's just because I have music on all the time. So I hear a song and I'm like, oh, well, let me save that one. I'll save that one. I'll save that one. Otherwise, I probably would have no idea what I'm <laughs> putting on. So with that, like with the the music kind of lending to the vibe of everything, like, uh, another question I kind of had for you is you have these like beautiful sets in all your your photos and like how did you develop a that style and then are these sets kind of always up in your studio or are you sh- making them new, a little different and new for each shoot like I'm talking about the the chairs that are turned mm-hmm. sideways the <laughs> the I don't know what kind of drop it is but the like muslin or something that's on the floor like it's so beautiful like tell us about it (laughs) so I actually set that up every time it never it never stays up so I shoot in my kitchen as as is my studio so it's about maybe 150 square feet in the whole area that I oh wow so I could leave it up like it's in a spot where I could leave it up (laughs) but I feel like I like to kind of customize it a little bit towards every person even if I'm doing something that is similar like I'll even like refer to some of my old stuff like somebody's like oh I love how you set this up and I'm like well let me kind of see what I did I don't even remember um a lot of times I just kind of throw it up and just go from there and then just make little tweaks as I'm shooting maybe if somebody's sitting down and if I have like part of the like the muslin the painter backdrop if that's kind of folded into a weird spot, like maybe near their head or their foot, then I'll come do little adjustments. But normally I just kind of set that up and then put my client there and then work around it that way. That's super interesting to hear that. I look at your work and I don't know if there's just like some sort of bias for like what good work comes from. But in my mind, it was like, oh, she probably has this amazing studio space, 1,200 square feet. 14 foot ceilings type of thing. I'm like, so beautiful. And to have you say, oh, that's shot in my kitchen, just really goes <laughs> to show what people can create with limited space and, and all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, I'm a big believer that you can really just kind of make a studio space anywhere. Like, I mean, I'm a huge backdrop fan for obviously, but, you know, I think a backdrop and a, like, even keeping it simple and just doing like a chair, a stool. There's so many great photographers and there's tons that have actually been on like the podcast and everything for the portrait system. And that kind of do the same thing. Like they have such a small space and then they just, you know, they have great businesses out of it. Um, I don't know how I get all of the stuff that I do into one small space, but I do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it just, to me, the chaos of a set kind of makes sense. And sometimes when I try to take away from it, like if I'm doing a personal branding shoot, I don't obviously do all of that all the time. Um, doesn't always fit with somebody else's business. Um, so it's almost harder for me to go backwards and just do something plain like a seamless paper backdrop and have it clean and nothing else to, I mean, you could throw 20 props at me and be like, make it work. And I feel like I could. So with that, um, because I noticed you also have like some sheets, but it doesn't always necessarily look like the white sheet thing that Sue does. It looks sort of like a satiny. Sometimes it's like a black sheet. So like, are you putting that on the floor or like how's like, and then are you cleaning up the set with the chairs? Like, how are you flipping the sets in one shoot or, or are you not? And that's just, if someone wants sheets, that's what they're getting for their shoot. So I'm very lucky that I do have clientele that really do trust me when I'm like, let's do this. Um, And I do kind of go into, to start to like with our consultation, I'm like, if you have any inspiration from my, any of my shoots, let me see. Um, It's very rare that somebody's like, I hate all of the backdrops. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's good. You know, I mean, obviously they're hiring me for a reason, Um, but I try to see kind of like what they're looking for and then kind of do a play on that. Got it. Got it. So how much input is then the client having 
when it comes to creating their shoot? Are you are they just looking at your um, past work to say I kind of like that, or are you having them grab inspiration uh, inspiration from other locations to then present to you, or how much input are you giving them? I do a little bit of both. Um, I do tell ask people, I'm like, if you're on my website or my Instagram or anything like that, if there's something that you know made you stop and want a book, I would love to know like what images those were. I'm like, you can screenshot them, whatever, email them to me. Um, and I'm like, if you have a Pinterest page or something like that, let me see inspiration that you had for your dream photo shoot. And then beyond that, I go into, with my consultation, I ask them about words, that they, how they want to feel with their shoot. You know, a lot of times it's sophisticated. They want to feel strong. You know, they want to feel beautiful. Like, and then I really make them kind of dig into what those words mean to them. Because those three words could mean something totally different for me. So I kind of do that with my consultation as well. Strangely enough, I'm not, I don't always need a visual for, to understand what somebody wants for, for their photo shoot as well. How do yeah. you then? Go, Kevin. No <laughs> How do you then take those words that they are presenting you with, if they're not giving you visual um, images to go off of, how do you then turn that into the set or the look that you're ultimately going with? You already have something in your mind from past experience, like, oh, she said sexy and confident. I'm going to focus with this type of look, uh, this type of lighting, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So a lot of times, too, it's the wardrobe that they decide that they want. So I do have a pretty big client closet, which is kind of nice. Um, but I do have people bring their own things. And I kind of look at what they're bringing. And whenever I'm chatting with somebody, especially with boudoir, I want to talk to them about their comfort level and what they're wearing. Some people walk in and they want to do either like nude or implied nude or really go for it. And other people like to be a little bit more modest and be a little bit more covered up. So it's kind of what they're bringing slash what they're choosing out of the client closet that helps me with the sets, with the lighting. Are we going for like more of like a smoky, dark vibe? Are we trying to keep it a little light and bright? Or can we do a little bit mix of both? I try to always mix both of them together so people have variety so they can kind of slightly get out of their comfort zone but still feel beautiful and still get what they want from their photo shoot. Yeah, I, I would assume that like also the variety helps with sales as well. 100%. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Kevin kind of asked the question that I was going to ask, which I mean, like Aha. you said that the word, <laughs> the words like sexy, for example, that can mean a lot of different things to, you know, different people, right? What mm -hmm. I think is sexy might not be what someone else thinks is sexy. So I can see how like the wardrobe would give a lot of cues as to like, well, when you say sexy, do you mean a short dress or do you mean pasties and undies and boots or what do you mean here <laughs> yeah and I always like to with everybody again kind of take them out of their comfort zone a little bit and put them in something have them choose something that maybe they wouldn't necessarily always choose so in my client closet there's a lot of dresses and gowns and very like you know ethereal things and for the most part people do want to kind of try that and get out of their comfort zone I'm like and, or if they bring something too, I'm like, bring something that you don't get to wear on a regular basis. Maybe you have a dress that you bought for New Year's Eve and maybe it was during COVID, you didn't get to wear it. Or if you went to a gala, you have this like amazing piece of jewelry or something, bring something that you don't get to wear all the time, but means something for you. Mm -hmm. And let's incorporate that as well. Or we can add it in with the client closet that I have. A lot of times people, they do bring their own pieces, but... 95% of what they wear is from my client closet because I just, oh, wow. I just can't, I just love adding to it. I buy a lot of vintage pieces. Um, I like to alter pieces as well. So I don't know. I have to stay out of the thrift stores. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so is your client closet like mostly like one size fits all pieces? Is it laundry? Is it just those gowns and robes and things you were talking about? Is it like accessory? Like what, what's in there? It's all of it. <laughs> all of it. Okay. Um, some of my favorite pieces are actually um, some wedding dresses that I have, but oh, I, wow. don't, I don't keep them. They're not mine. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were, I'm very lucky that I was gifted a few from friends and found a few at thrift stores, um, but I don't keep them as is because I don't want it to be obvious that's a wedding dress so I will actually dye them 
And then sometimes I'll change the top of them. So because a lot of times like the top part of a wedding dress looks very much like a wedding dress. Yeah. So I will either cut it up or alter it or just use the skirt part or maybe just use the top part and kind of switch it up a little bit. So I have that option without going and spending thousands of dollars on a piece. Uh, like, are you someone who sews? Like, are you a trained sewer or like self-taught even? My so- grandma was a seamstress, okay. so okay. it's <laughs> in my blood a little bit. Like, I definitely was nowhere near as good as her. My mom knows how to sew too, but I don't know. I think that was their form of creativity. And then I kind of took that and married it in with what I do. So, yeah, I'm always a hands-on person. If you give me like build this, sew this, do this, I will probably do it. Oh, very cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the shooting from home thing, I, I would assume it's very beneficial to be able to like potentially dedicate a, a room or a garage to your entire uh, wardrobe that you have there. You're saying it's so large. Yeah, I do need, I, my plan is actually to have more space soon. I'm always kind of on the lookout for, I like to change it up every once in a while too. Even if I'm shooting something that's kind of a similar set, you know, I think it's just kind of like a fresh place to go, like different lighting, like really kind of keep my mind intrigued. Um, so I'm always kind of on the lookout for like a new place to shoot. Um, my dream is to actually build my own studio. So that's kind of in my, you know, five-year plan or, or whatever you want to call it, but hopefully less than that. But um, I want to have like a whole room that is just for my wardrobe. Cause right now it kind of does share with tons of props in there too. And I would like it to just be like, you walk into this like amazing closet and you don't have to trip over like my big moon that I built and like all this stuff. Because <laughs> I've seen your pro, I've, I was, as I'm looking through your images, I'm like, oh, look, she has multiple Apple boxes, ladders, you know, large mirrors, couches. Is that a moon? It is a moon. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing is that is made out of plywood, so it's not heavy. Um, and it's in two pieces. So if anybody's thinking of making one, don't try to buy a piece that's so big that it's going to bow. Buy two like smaller pieces and put them together and then just make a stand in the back. And that's how I did it. Mm. And then just paint it and add glitter. Well, the glitter gets everywhere, so be warned. But Don't do glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that little bit of texture to it. But yeah, so just plywood. And are you shooting mostly natural light? Are you shooting strobe or how are you also shooting in your small space? So I do a mix of both. I typically, if I'm shooting with lights, I use one. Um, But I try to, because sometimes natural light can be a little too hard coming into my space. So I try Mm. to have, I like everything to be soft, obviously. (laughs) Um, So I try to do a little mix of both. Sometimes I don't use any natural light and I'm only using... Uh, my studio lighting and then other times just depending on the time of day or like a beautiful like to me I love like a cloudy day where it's flat lighting (laughs) yeah Um, that's like my favorite other people cringe at that sometimes but um, then sometimes I'll just do that so I can get those really heavy contrasts on the face maybe I can do a little bit more Rembrandt lighting with that instead of doing it with just with studio lighting yeah I love that I, I also mix it up and shoot uh, natural light sometimes and strobe sometimes but my space has so much you know beautiful natural light that it's hard not to just like yeah just want to use it it's just so easy you just have to move the reflectors around versus like dragging my heavy lights around and everything so I was gonna ask you um do you always if a client asks you to potentially go off-site or potentially do outdoor work is that ever something that you're interested in or you say, I prefer to stay within my own space? Um, I have in the past. I've kind of put a little bit of a stop to it, but I'm kind of starting to love shooting outside again um, after my trip to Hawaii last month. Um, it was a little bit of a challenge because I was so used to the studio. Or if I was outside, it was still somewhat controlled by, you know, like, you know, a garage door open kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're kind of outside, but you're not really. Um, so being there and literally, like, you're just outside. It was uh, kind of nice to have that challenge again of, like, wait a minute. So I literally just have myself, the model, in my camera, and I have no reflectors. I have nothing. I literally tried to, like, literally bare bones it when I went on purpose because I wanted to kind of reteach myself how to shoot like that because 
you know, again, we have our studio. We can pull out our V-flat. We can pull out a reflector. We can pull out little things like that. I can block this light. I can do whatever. And there you're, like, out in the open. No, you have to figure this out. So Mm -hmm. I think there was probably a little bit of getting really, really comfortable in the studio to where I don't really have too many clients ask me to do outdoor shoots, but I have had a few, like, what do you charge for this? And kind of was like, well, we're not doing that at this time. So I think I probably will bring that option back in. Um, just trying to decide like where would be the best places to go as opposed to me having to like take a day, go location scout. Cause there are some really cool areas where I live, but I'd rather know like, here are your three options. Here's the cost to travel mm. to each one. Yeah. We had um, Jasmine Jane uh, on our podcast not too long ago and she, does outside work and that's where she strictly handles it and she started describing it and doesn't use lights doesn't have to carry around anything it's just her the model and her camera and I was like wow that just feels so simple you know in Mm -hmm. my mind doing studio work I'm like as you said oh pull out the v-flat you know that thing is four by eight feet Uh, (laughs) you know pull out the heavy lights and do all this and there's just something so raw about okay let's just go find a spot real quick it's gonna be you me and my camera yeah and that's that's exactly what I did in Hawaii which I really really love too so I'm also the person whenever I travel with gear I bring one camera usually one or two like usually two lenses just in case like you know how wide I want to shoot um you know a battery charger and an extra battery and that's about all I bring I I don't like bringing like tons and tons of gear because one, I don't want to carry it. (laughs) We also know carrying all that stuff in an airplane is not fun. And I just know that there's a lot of things that we can create without having the full production. Now, if I'm getting obviously paid for something, I, yes, I will bring things for a full production, but I like it. I'm the same. I like it kind of simple. Like, I don't think we need all of the frills sometimes, which is slightly the opposite of how I shoot in the studio sometimes. Um, kind of taking away all the things that I love to do, but finding a new version of that. Like, I know I can still create something beautiful and ethereal. Um, like, one of the things is I brought a, like, sequin, like, an inexpensive sequin dress that I got recently. And I took it to Hawaii, and I was like, I'm just going to put this on every model that I work with. There's only one that I didn't have a chance to put it on. And I want to see it on every person. Like, sequins near the beach to me are, like, my favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, so pretty. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it was just interesting to kind of create something with one piece of wardrobe with every person and see how different it looks. Like even looking through the images when I edited them, I'm like, it really doesn't take a lot to create a whole different series with one thing. Yeah. And I love the simplicity that you mentioned. And also like from a just purely, I don't know what the right word is, but like from a purely like logical or like standpoint not having all that gear prevents you from getting like in trouble when you're on location too. Maybe not in Hawaii, yes. which is like more remote, but like if you're, you know, somewhere fabulous like Paris at the Trocadero, like you don't want to be drawing attention to yourself with all this like expensive gear and then have someone be like, um, are you doing a commercial shoot? You need a permit for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You can get in a lot of trouble for that stuff too, depending on where you are, like permits and like sometimes they'll write you a ticket right there. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the things they've told us. Like, there's a little park area over here, and they're like, just don't set up a bunch of stuff on, like, you know, peak hours, because then it's going to look like a commercial shoot. Then they're going to, you know, ask you for your permit and give you a ticket, and it's like, it's not worth it. So it's better to kind of bare bones it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like, I started in weddings and, you know, engagement shoots and on location, and that was like a lesson I learned really quick and something that, you know, has stuck with me. Like, when I shoot on location, I also typically unless I am going to be like out in nature where I know like like in a remote area where no one's going to bother me I just out of that precautionary part of me I'm like no I don't want to look like a professional I'll act (laughs) like a professional but I don't want to look like one (laughs) be professional with your client and then someone comes up you're like what (laughs) yeah I'm like I'm just a student I'm also like 4'11 so like I permanently look like a 12 year old (laughs) I'm always like I'm just a student (laughs) I'm just learning here I'm just learning and my clients like always laugh. It's so funny. (laughs) 
Um, well, we did get a question too from Ashanta and she was wondering what lens you use in your studio, like in your kitchen space, because you mentioned it being such a small space. It is a small space. I'm lucky that it's actually kind of narrow, so it's a little bit long. Um, I normally use my 50. My 50 is kind of like my favorite. Um, when I switch, I would like to switch cameras soon or just, you know, have like another backup. Um, I probably will get a 35 again. I used to have one. It broke. And I kind of just was like, well, my 50 works just fine. Um, shooting on? Uh, I'm just using the R, the Canon R right now. But like everybody else, I went like the R5. <laughs> um, shooting with that, um, recently getting to borrow that, I was like, okay, all right. Because I'm usually the one that's like, I don't need the latest thing. I can still make things work. I still have like my Mark III as my backup. Um, but that one was kind of shiny and pretty and I think I would like that. But, um, yeah, I usually just use my 50 and if I need to, I, it's kind of funny. I will have to do a video sometime of me shooting that, actually the plan with, uh, hiring a personal branding photographer to photograph me. Um, my, because my space is narrow, sometimes I'm like all the way back, almost straight back into the bathroom shooting, <laughs> depending yeah. on how much space I want to use. But I also occasionally do use like a 35 if I can borrow one as well, um, just to get a little bit more space. I do have a six, uh, 16 to 35, I believe it is. I don't know. It's such an old lens that occasionally I use it. It's just lenses like that, you know, distort on the edges. So I have to yeah. be really careful on how I'm shooting it and make sure it's the space that becomes distorted and not the client in the, in the center of it. Got yeah, it. That totally makes sense. As people are getting the mirrorless more and more, hearing everyone talk about it, and I'm like, oh, God, that sounds so good. And they're like, yeah, I never get a blurry image anymore. It's, you know, the eye tracking on this is phenomenal. And I'm all, yeah, that sounds nice. I don't have that on my, on my D750. <laughs> It, it really is like, oh, okay, I should probably save up to upgrade for that. But as you said, you know, you, you have your tools. You can still create great work with those tools. Do you really need to upgrade? But, man, the, the call of the shiny is. <laughs> yeah. so I don't need to. I don't need to. It's one of those, like, it's on the list of, like, yes, it will happen one day, but I don't need to right now. Um, but I really got the R. I really switched to mirrorless mostly because for self-portraits. Um so when I was shooting them, originally I was using like my Mark II or my Mark III, but I wasn't even tethering. I was just shooting it, looking on the back of the camera, really hoping that that wasn't blurry and going back and forth. And then I got smarter and I would tether. Um, then I got smarter again and I added a mirror so I could watch and <laughs> see what I was actually doing. But with the mirrorless, the back of it flips out. So I was able to have that flipped out and have my mirror. So I wouldn't always have to tether just in case, because I'm a klutz, and sometimes I'll get caught on the cord and almost drag my laptop to the ground. So, oh gosh, <laughs> whatever to have less in the way, especially if I'm wearing like a costume or a gown or something. Again, I can barely walk on my own two feet, and then you add something on my feet, it's just a mess. So, um, that's kind of why I switched initially was just to have like that, that eye tracking and like to have the back of it flip out so I could keep an eye on it better. That's hilarious. <laughs> so pro tip for everyone. Um, yeah. You know, Cat uh, Ford Coates, who you know, mm -hmm. uh, has has a monthly self-portrait challenge that she does. And we have a lot of photographers that, you know, send her the self-portraits so we can then post it on social media. And, uh, you know, I've done my own and uh, I help lead the 90-day challenge with the portrait system. And we do self-portraits as well. And they're like, how do I do it? How do I do it? Well, there you go. A mirror is a fantastic. <laughs> it's the I mean, simplest duh. thing I didn't even think of to start with. And I was like, why don't I just pull this mirror out so I can really see what I'm doing? Um, I don't know why it took me so long. <laughs> so I think I might need to invest in a full length mirror for myself. Go to Target. <laughs> Mine was like $50, you know. <laughs> Shannon, with your self-portrait work, like... What has that done for your business, your creativity? Like, why do you love self-portraits so much? Well, honestly, I like doing it to be in my client's shoes. That's, mm. you know, I mean, I will get into the point of like, you know, it makes us feel better. But I really wanted to understand 
my clients better. And since my work is very like connection, emotional based, I was like, really the best way to figure that out is to be on the other side. And I will tell you, even speaking with other photographers the other day, um, talking about self-portraits with one of them, she was like, I could never, I could never put myself on the other side. And I hear that a lot. And I think it's also important to know to just try it. You don't have to show anybody any of the images. There's, trust me, there's definitely stuff I've taken before. And I'm like, that was a fail on my end. That's okay. You know, it's something as silly as maybe I wore the wrong thing, or maybe I really just couldn't do my hair and makeup for the day or, you know. Um, But I think it's important to really understand how your client is feeling because, I, most of my clients have never been photographed unless they're a repeat client, you know, to me. Um, even some of the models I've worked with in the past, a lot of times I do portfolio building with them. They haven't really been photographed a whole lot or they've been photographed, you know, just by maybe friends on their iPhone or something like that. And it can feel really, really nerve wracking, especially if somebody is coming in, um, again, since I'm a little bit more emotional based, If they're coming in for like an experience and they're doing this for themselves, maybe they're going through something great in their life, then they want to celebrate it. Maybe they're going through something that wasn't so great and they're trying to get past it. It's important for me to not feel maybe frustrated if they can't quite connect. Like how can Mm -hmm. can I give them tips on how to connect? Um, Because we all know because then somebody, you know, sometimes the first couple shots the first couple looks that or the first look that we do with a client isn't always the best one because we know that there's so much more that they can give but they're nervous yeah so how can I give tips to them without it seeming harsh as well like how would I want to be spoken to what are little things that I could do to like make myself feel more confident Mm -hmm. and in that process I did start to feel more confident with doing self-portraits I got excited to do them um, you know, if I bought a new wardrobe piece and I knew it would fit me, you know, some, some vintage pieces were too small, um, you know, little things that I could kind of play with too. How could I boost my self-esteem? And it kind of worked in a business side too, because when I started sharing self-portraits and kind of talking about them, I actually got a lot of engagement from my clients in a really positive way too. Um, I think there is a fear that self-portraits are going to be something seen as like you're full of yourself um, or narcissistic. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think that there's a beautiful vulnerability with them and to really show our clients that we can be in their shoes. We have been in their shoes and that they're in good hands too. And then also like, again, on the flip side, clients connected with me. Um, I could also talk about a wardrobe piece I was wearing and that was something that they, maybe they wanted to wear Maybe they love the shot. They wanted to do something like that for themselves. So it really kind of worked on every bit. So for my client, for my self-esteem and myself, and then even my sales. Yeah, I love that. What would you say, though, to someone who is like, well, why don't you just hire a photographer if you want to know what it's like to have the client experience versus like self-portrait? Or do you recommend people actually do both? Like, is there something different you get out of, you know, paying and hiring and truly being the client versus being your own client? Yeah, I think that, honestly, I feel like people should do both. I think if we're going to be in this industry, you should definitely have your own photos taken, um, which I have before. I'm due for another photo shoot probably soon. That's why I said that. So I really need a new personal branding one. So um, so that will be my next <laughs> one. And it is like even having like the meetings. Um, I've talked to just a few of them, just, you know, seeing which vibe fits best. And even having the meeting, I almost felt a little bit vulnerable. They're like, well, tell me, you know, they're going through the consultation as I would with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's, important to kind of know both sides too because when we're asking questions to clients like in our consultations and things they're like you know I have to remind myself they don't know what this feels like they don't know what this means so I think it it is important I think it's good to hire somebody or if you have a photographer friend you know a lot of us trade with each other yeah um, (laughs) to which I just did in Hawaii (laughs) um you know it is kind of important to just go through a whole session with somebody else, but then also kind of give yourself a session with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's 
lots of other photographers that I'm friends with as well that do self-portraits. And it's, it really is a good way to connect with yourself, too. Again, if you're like me, you are doing things a little bit more emotional-based with your clientele. It is a good connection to have with yourself. And sometimes I just feel like shooting something and it's 10 p.m. and I can't call anybody at 10 p.m. <laughs> nor do I want to. I really just want to play my music and, you know, just kind of have fun. And also, too, with self-portraits, I think it's really important to do that so you can really understand your, if you're especially if you're newer or you have new gear, to understand it. Um, I like to walk into a situation feeling as confident as I can Mm-hmm. With a client, especially if you, I mean, we've all probably had a client that made us feel slightly intimidated, maybe. I've had some, um, you know, pretty important um, clientele before. And I yeah. was like, you know, you know, they're just people, but you might have that moment of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. Um, and I don't want to fumble with my gear. That's just me. Um, you know, I want to walk in, be confident, know I can shoot it. And anytime, like you're doing anything with a time limit too, you you know, like to practice with your gear before you get in there. So self-portraits are a good way to do that. And I think once people start doing them on a regular basis, they start to become more fun. And again, it's not like you have to show anybody anything, but I think that it is a really good thing to put your face. I think it's so important to put your face out there on your social media or your website Mm -hmm. or whatever you're using to show, first of all, that you're a real person. And two, I think people do want to see who they're about to hire. They want to know about you. It doesn't have to be like, sometimes I do the list of like five to 10 facts about myself. It doesn't have to be that. Just why you enjoy the business. Like, I can't wait to, you know, meet my new clients and we're excited for this like campaign we're running or something like that. So I think showing your face is really important. And a lot of times just taking a quick self-portrait is the best way to do that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So Shannon, one thing I, I wanted to bring back to you is you had said when obviously when a client comes in and they're nervous and you want to put yourself in that in that position so you understand it, you had said that the first kind of set is probably not the best because they're still getting into the groove of the photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So you have a specific look that you're doing first, either A to get them comfortable really quickly. Or two, because you know that it's probably not going to be the best uh, initial look. And that's something that you're like, okay, I'll just kind of throw that away in the meantime to get them comfortable. Well, I definitely always have images from the first look to show them. So it just might not be the first couple images (laughs) that I take. Um, But with every client, so when I do, so I shoot boudoir, but I don't really do the traditional sense of boudoir. So I don't just do like lingerie the whole time. I don't just do nude the whole time or anything like that. So I normally start with something that is like either like a long gown or something they're comfortable with. Maybe they have like a fitted black dress. Like the little black dress to me is always a good thing to start with. And then we can move forward depending on what kind of shoot they're having. Obviously portrait shoots are not going to go into the boudoir range, um, but you know, boudoir. So I kind of start, Maybe the opposite of some people. Some people start more with lingerie and go backwards. I start with literally keep it as simple and clean as possible, classic little buff, little black dress or like a black suit, and then go from there. Because I think when people have that little bit more of comfort in what they're wearing, then they're more open to moving on to ideas or they want to do something, but they're just a little too nervous to start there. Yeah, I totally agree. That's kind of how I shoot my boudoir sessions as well. I always start usually with the most conservative of the outfits and end up in an implied nudity yep. or full nudity <laughs> situation. <Yep. laughs> um, and I, I usually tell my clients that and I tell them like, by the end of the shoot, you're going to be prancing around my studio naked and you won't even know you're naked. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the same. It's worked for me. And now I have other boudoir photographer friends that literally go the opposite way. They're like, people walk in and it's like, boom, we're going to start this way and then we'll start with all the clothes and I think it just kind of works however you run your business but yeah I would say like it's been pretty rare I've I mean I've done some shoots that are just all nude but for the most part I think people kind of want to start with something like pretty clean classic and then we can move more into and I talked to them about that too I'm like we'll start here then we're going to move into this and we'll add in. So it's almost in my head, I kind of almost storyboard it for them without mm-hmm. 
I mean, they can't see inside my head, but... Yeah, 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 no. <laughs> and kind of having that story, too, to their images when they purchase them as well. So I don't really do albums on a regular basis. Um, I haven't actually done them in a couple of years because I've moved more into folio boxes and prints like that. Yeah. Um, individual prints. But I want them to have a story with their images where it's not all just one thing, but... And also, too, like a lot of my clients have kids and they're like, I don't know if I want to hang a boudoir image. Of course, I always encourage hanging a boudoir image, but not everybody wants to. I do live in Missouri, so it's a little bit more conservative. (laughs) Um, So if they have this beautiful image of them in like a little black dress, they're going to want to hang that one on their wall. So they have the option to to have multiple types of images from their shoot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do start there. Sometimes I'll be honest, though, there there are sometimes I have a light like my light test is like my favorite image of somebody because it's like right before they start to overthink. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. And get in their head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this. So I, I'm also the person to, I don't know if a lot of other people do this, but I always show the back of the camera. I don't shoot tethered. I don't want clients seeing everything because obviously we want an element of surprise as well. But I will show them a couple shots from each set behind the back of the camera so they can also see what I'm doing. Because sometimes I might have them in a weird position that doesn't feel very normal, Um, like sitting on a chair. Obviously, we sit a certain way, but I kind of put them more on their side, like at the side of their hip, which is not very comfortable for very long. Mm -hmm. So I like to show them what it looks like. Like, look at how great this is. Obviously, with a certain kind of outfit, too. You know, it does like the beautiful curve to the legs and to the side. And I want them to see that too. So that kind of loosens up my client quicker than if I didn't really show them the back of the camera, which I didn't. I, I like many years ago was told like, don't show them anything. It'll take them out of it. And I felt like it actually has done the opposite. I've really had people relax whenever I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this image of you. I'm the one that is, I'm a quiet person when I'm shooting, but when I see an image, I get really excited and I feel like I have to show them or I'm like, I cannot wait to show you a reveal so you can see this image I'm so excited about. Yeah, no, I, I like showing people the back of the camera too, kind of the exact reasons what you're saying, but also it also helps you know if you're getting what they like, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that it is in their vision and they sometimes like I'll suggest stuff and they'll be like, maybe, and I think it looks awesome, but I also want to make sure that they're, on the same page as me. Like if I suggest one of those big tool robes or like recently I had a client and I was like, please let me just drape you in this chiffon <laughs> fabric. It's going to look amazing. And she was like, I, I wasn't really originally thinking that, but I was like, it looks amazing. And then I was able to show her the back of the camera and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> like, but if she had said no, then I would have just pivoted because then I knew, you know, she wouldn't end up buying those images probably. Yeah, and I think that that's really important when we look at, because you said you do in-person sales as well. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, I think that that really helps, too, with your with your sales. Um, I don't want to shoot a whole set of something. You know, and there's definitely been times where I've started shooting something, I show somebody, and they're like, oh, I don't really like that. So in their sales session, I might show them three from that set. Like, maybe they're like, well, I don't mind, like, the more of the portrait version of it. yeah. So I will, I try to save something from every set, but yeah, if I don't show the back of the camera and somebody hates something, I don't know if hates the right word, but somebody dislikes something, then I want to be able to, like what you said, I want to pivot. I want to move on to something else. I don't want to waste more time or their energy on that look when I can just obviously shoot something else and make my sale better too. Because if somebody doesn't like an image and let's say it's like the second set and they're looking through them. They're going to be so stuck on not liking that that they might not actually really appreciate what's left. Of yeah, stuff I see. agree. Yeah, for me, it's like I really feel like it's so crucial for the sales room to get it right at the photo shoot and in the consultation. That's why I feel like the sales room isn't really where the sales happens. The sale mm-hmm. happens in the wardrobe consultation for me personally and in the actual photo shoot because if they are... Like, if I understand their vision and I'm nailing it in that part, then the sale's fine. <laughs> but, right. but if I didn't nail it in the photo shoot, like, there's no magic word that I could say to someone to make them, like, their image if I didn't get their vision right, you know? Yeah, and then they have that trust in you, too, where they're like, <laughs> oh, I went there, I did this experience, and they actually listened to me. Like, I felt beautiful, I felt listened to, and I, even, like, in-person sales, too, 
Like I, I listen. I'm not the pushy salesperson. You know, my sales average is is good because I do take the time as well. But I'm not a pushy salesperson. I like to listen to people like what works best for them. Do I want everybody to buy a large print of themselves and hang it on their wall? Absolutely. I 100% and I basically preach that on my Instagram and my blog all the time. Like prints are it. But, you know, what's going to work for somebody if they really just don't want a large print of them looking amazing in lingerie? I'm not going to force it on them. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be for everybody. And I think that that's something whenever I've had like clients who leave reviews for me is even if I don't share the review, it's kind of almost like feedback for me. I want to know what they what their experience was. What are they boasting about? Maybe what did they not feel as great about? So like, yeah, a little bit more of like a personal client review for myself. But, and that's one of the things is being listened to and being like given time to make decisions and not like, okay, well, you have, you know, four minutes left to like make your purchase now. You know, I keep people on track with in their sales session, but I'm not going to, I'm like, it's a big decision. You know, people are spending all this money with us. They should be able to walk away feeling happy. And that really helps the referral part, too. I mean, yeah. if I'm kind of a jerk, they're not going to want to come back to me. So, you know, that literally helps. They're going to tell their friend. They're going to tell their mother. They're going to tell whoever. They have this experience. Look at these images. You should go to her. I had so much fun. How long? Oh, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> I was going to say, on your Instagram, you have uh, one of your favorites with multiple client reviews. Are you asking them for reviews or... Are they just simply doing it for you? It's a little bit of both. Um, sometimes if I have a really, really great session where somebody has been, you know, in their, you know, their, their sales, like oh, their sales session, like, oh my gosh, I love this. I love this. I love this. I'm like, will you mind writing me something about your experience? So it's kind of 50, 50. Um, I'm very lucky that people have no problems really. I mean, there's definitely clients who have not written me reviews, um, and that's okay. I, d- I definitely don't push it, but sometimes I'll have somebody write me like a really nice email afterwards. Like I loved my session. I felt great. Like I have my images on the wall and I'll ask them if I can kind of share that on my Instagram or my blog or the website. Can I put my review, your review from this email up? Is that okay? And I try to keep it, you know, with one of their favorite images as well. So if they have a favorite image that they purchase, I'm like, can I use that photo? <laughs> I was going to say, how long are your shoots usually running? Because it seems like you give your clients a lot of time and space to, you know, reveal themselves and you have that emotional connection and you have all these beautiful outfits and sets. So how long does it normally take? So normally the hair and makeup process is about two hours or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So we do like the full service, full glam, and then I shoot for about two hours. So it's about four hours. About, yeah. yeah I do tell what... people to kind of block off a little bit more of their day because I do like to give people time, like, to change. If they have to, like, make a call home for, you know, make sure the kids got home safe from school um, or just want to take a break. Like, I always want to make sure someone can take a break to have a snack, you know, yeah. little little things like that. So, really, they don't typically run longer than five hours, but I do block off, like, a normal work day, like, about eight, seven to eight hours. Um, through the whole process, just in case they want to like hang out and talk afterwards. I always make sure um, my clients see the studio samples. You know, I'm like, pick them up, touch them, feel the quality, ask questions. So that way they have that information too, where it's not just looking at a photo of products too. They can actually, like, I want people to be hands-on so they know what they're purchasing. Yeah, honestly, it makes me feel good that you say your shoots take four hours because mine take three and a half to four hours. And I know some people in our group are so amazing and have gotten like so efficient or have such a like system down and be like, I'm done in two hours. And I'm just like, how? How is it? I, I don't move that fast. I don't know how it's possible. I don't I don't know if that also has to do with like a small space and like needing to completely flip a set takes, at least for me, that can take time too. Like it's mm-hmm. not like... I have to play Tetris. It's <laughs> it's not like I can just take a you know a hundred foot walk over to my next set and then shoot in that set. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I <laughs> I'm relieved to hear that your shoots yeah. take four I, hours. I think that's the dream for me. Like talking about another studio space at some point is to I don't know. I I would like to have sets kind of pre up. You know, like little spots yeah. like you just mentioned. But I don't know. I don't know if that would work for my brain very well. 
I feel like I kind of like to go a little bit more on the fly. So kind of just like build it as I'm going. Yeah, I'm definitely a little more on the fly too. And I also live in a place where like rent is astronomical. So (laughs) even if my business was like, you know, I don't know, just like absolutely insane and popping, I still don't think I would like pay you know, $5,000 a month for rent. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? So, um, so I kind of have come to the like understanding that I'm probably in a small, tiny space for the rest of my my career. You make it work. And I honestly, I love tiny spaces. I feel like I really, really thrive in them. I've, for the most part, I've always had, uh, there was one time I had a little bit more space, like um, I'm trying to think of how big that was, like seven, probably 750 square feet space, so pretty decent size, which is still smaller than a lot of people I know. But I like the challenge of a small space. I definitely believe in a you can make a studio anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can make a studio with a V flat and a nice window or a light. Like you can definitely do these things. So yeah, I'd have to. I don't know. I, I don't, I never felt like four to five hours was that long, but I guess it is. But I also only take one client a day. I will not take multiple shoots a day. Yeah, I'm same. It's too um, much energy. I'm like totally drained after I do it. It's way too much energy. I spend so much time with my client pre-photo shoot, photo shoot, and then post-photo shoot with their in-person sales. And then I spend more time with them because I like things to be delivered to them. Um, I like their their products to be hand-delivered. Um, unless they're obviously like out of town or out of the country or anything like that, then that, unless they want to fly me to them, that's fine um, <laughs> with their products. But I like to make sure that there's customer service all the way through. So yeah, I'm definitely, that just works well for my business model for everything to be hands-on. And I also do, besides hair and makeup, um, I hire an artist for that. I do everything else myself. So I want to make sure I have the time and the energy too. I never want to feel like I worked with one client in the morning and then I have one in the afternoon and then I didn't give her the same amount of energy and time. Yeah, totally. Well, well oh, <laughs> we said that oh, at the oh. same time. We're jinxing each other a lot today. I was like, Kevin. you better shut me up because I could probably go for another hour. So. <laughs> as, as much as we do love that idea, we have to call it at the one hour mark and we have pretty much gotten there super i didn't even looking at the clock it just went super quickly i know (laughs) (laughs) um one final question though if you can give advice to anyone that is looking at potentially starting a branch of a boudoir for their business what would you say would be the number one important thing that they should look at to start i think with boudoir it's more than just taking a photo i think that there is such a personal experience for everybody. I mean, it's a very vulnerable, vulnerable, excuse me, experience. And I think that that's something, if you're not that kind of photographer, it's something to kind of think about tapping into a little bit within yourself. So you can give that with that client. Um, One thing that always just worries me is I never want someone to feel like I'm just taking their photo. I want them to have that whole experience and know that, you know, it's just, it's different. And boudoir just has that little bit of like, vulnerability and it's not so much because maybe you're wearing less um a lot of times it's something personal in someone's life you know they're coming to you for something happy or something sad kind of what I said at the top of the show um so yeah I think it's definitely take time and to understand all bodies um you know you can pose everybody the same but you know a lot of times too like somebody sharing that much of their body and that openness, you definitely have to be in tune with that within yourself to, to share that with somebody. Yeah. I love that. That's That's such good advice. Well, Shannon, it has been an absolute pleasure being able to talk to you today. Same. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you asked. (laughs) Yay. We're so happy you said yes. (laughs) Before we let you go, can you please go ahead and share where people can find you online? So I, you can either reach out to me on my website, which is just my name, so shannonkdorting.com, or my Instagram, which is shannon underscore k underscore doherty. Um, I do have a personal one, which I'm not smart, is the same name. It just doesn't have the underscores. But if you go there, 
I will just give you my, my business account instead. And it's on there. <laughs> so, um, all my accounts are actually just my name. So I'm okay. fairly easy to find, I think. Well, everyone, please be sure to go follow Shannon and make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our clubhouse interviews at subriceeducation.com forward slash blog. You can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as Poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of the portrait system and you have more questions for Shannon, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the portrait system members only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the portrait system and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at subriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and we hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.